Turn to Matthew 7. And this is what really was impressed to me. And I got seeking the Lord about this too. And it's uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. It said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Notice what it don't say. Ask, and you'll never receive anything from him. It doesn't say that. He said, ask, and it shall be given you. Well, why don't you have it? Because we haven't asked for it. <coughs> ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. In other words, this means that we continually press in to know the will and plan of God. He goes on to say here, he said, For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Shall be. Notice this is for who? For everyone that asks, everyone that seeks, everyone that knocks, what will happen? It shall be open. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? In other words, you, you're not going to be evil to your children. Right? And God is not going to be evil to us. If we ask him for something good, he's going to give it to us. He said, what if I, I get something wrong? Well, he loves you enough to help you in the process. He's not there ready to beat you over the head. He's ready to help you. In verse 10 says, if he asks fish, ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? In other words, would, would parents do that? No. Would God do that? Absolutely not. Says verse 11, he goes on and compares natural parents here, natural children, to here to who he is. In verse 11, says, if you then, talking about human beings, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, said, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Amen. He's going to do what for you? Give you good things. You know, it's about time that you started asking. Amen. It's about time that I started asking. Because he promises this. Let's look at this again. Matthew 7 here. How many times got the word ask or asketh in here? Let's look. Matthew 7, it says ask. How many times? One. Then it goes on down. It says for everyone that what? Asketh. That's two, right? And then it says here, what about seeking? One. Two times and knocking two times. And then it goes on down. Saying if you then... Being evil, know how to get give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father give good things to them that what? Ask him. Notice the word ask. Ask denotes action. It is never a passive position. God knows what I want. Somebody said, God knows what I want. Well, that's true. But he said to ask him. Isn't that right? He said to ask him. God knows my needs, but he says to ask him. Isn't that what he says? Ask him for the desires of your heart. Talk to him about it. 
and God will supernaturally meet with you. So I was asking on these verses and other verses in the Bible, and I was sitting at my desk. Remember, I started sitting at my desk, I think, a while back in this service, and you got me out of my chair and took me around, you know, <laughs> and brought me back. But I was sitting there at the desk and, and inspired, again, to get the book off my shelf in my personal office that I can get, get along with God in. I've got rows of books. I mean, I've got bookcase after bookcase after bookcase. And books, I mean, I don't know if it tells you how to get to the moon or not, any books. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, what rocket and what kind of fuel to put in there to get to heaven. I mean, but I got any, any kind of book. And, and not just far-fetched stuff. I mean, good material from reputable ministers, you know. And I categorize them by author. Who wrote them? You know what I mean? That's the way I do it. Who, who wrote them? And I got certain books in certain categories, and that's kind of the way I do. You know, and, and I can pretty well know if I'm thinking about something, meditating on something, and I, a thought comes to me or something, I can go and I can pretty well find that book. I may have to hunt for a few of them, you know, through there. But it seems like I always come back, it don't matter what I go through, I always come back to Dad Hagen, you know, and, and books that he wrote, because I sift everything through, through what he said. And of course, the Bible, number one. But I had this impression to get the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Remember, I got to talking about that. Yeah. And then y'all took me down this other one and got this other book. <laughs> Then we went in the hospital in El Paso, Texas. Y'all remember that? And we, we met Jesus down there. He got that chair and he pulled it across the room. You remember that? Yeah. These helps you get in the spirit. It makes you think, well, did that really happen? It really happened. Jesus is alive. So I got the book. I'm still trying to get to what I'm supposed to be sharing with you tonight. You keep pulling me off, you know. But I was sitting there in that chair. I've been walking. Sometimes I sit. Sometimes I kneel. But that particular time I was sitting at my desk. And I had that book, Plans, Purpose, and Pursuit. And, of course, I had the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, there. And I had already gotten the Plans, Purpose, Pursuit out. And so I had closed the How to Be Led by the Spirit of God and just laid it on my desk. I had that book on top of it. And, and I read through, I don't know, just first few pages, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pages. And uh, and he was talking about him and Jesus and how they had stood up, you know, uh, in the July the 16th during that night for two hours and 53 minutes through the vision that he had about the camp meeting. He was seeing the future and the Lord was talking to him about it. And Brother Hagin was saying this, this is what Dad Hagin said in that book. He said, what you need to do, he said, you need to get down on your knees and you need to pray and find out what God's perfect will is for your life. Because he had talked about how many ministers live and die and never enter into the first phase of the ministry that they had called, Jesus had called them to. Jesus had told him that on another occasion. Never, and he said, you should get down. You shouldn't do anything, go anywhere, do any direction and find out. And then find out if you're in God's perfect will. So when I read that, you know, I had underlined it in that book before. That's book. I'd read it before and I had underlined it. I'm like Pastor Miller here. <laughs> He's underlined them all. He knows. <laughs> 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 He's underlined them all. We, we know what to do. 
But when I got there, that book, it was underlined, and I seen what to do. Well, I read that particular portion, you know, it's less than a paragraph, several sentences, but uh, which I guess could be said a paragraph. But anyway, that particular phrase, I just read it over and over, about get down on your knees, find out what God's will for. And then after I'd done that, I started to turn the page. And then I had this experience. Right up in my spirit, that inward witness, Gabriel didn't fly down. <laughs> he didn't get the trumpet and say, <laughs> Jesus didn't walk through the wall, which he could have. But through this inward witness, it rose up inside of me just like this. And it rose up and got into my mind, stopped right there. And I spoke right out loud. This is what I, even though it wasn't loud to me because it was the inward witness, but it was, I was so in the spirit. You understand what I'm talking about? I've been seeking God, you know. I was so in the spirit, it was just like, it was so real. Stop right there. I was going to just turn the page. Stop right there. And I thought, well, why do I stop right here? Am I supposed to read that again? So I read it again, you know. I looked at it real close, and I tried to think of the meaning of the words and everything else, and they hadn't changed. It was still the same. <laughs> I tried to bend it a little bit, change it a little bit. So everything kind of subsided. And so I'm going to turn the page again. So I had the page in the book, and I was going to turn that book. You know, it's not a big old book, you know. And I was going to turn that page. Stop right there. So I decided, well... This must be the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's miraculous. But every now and then, you know, even I can figure out something, you know. And I just spoke right out loud. I said, why do I need to stop right here? He said, how many times have you read this book? Uh, I said, I've read it. How many times, uh, uh, well, I've read it. Uh, how many times, uh, well, I've, times and times and times. I have read this book how many times. How many times you've marked these passages in here? Uh, well, I've marked a lot of them in here. He, uh, he said, you don't need to pass this page. He said, you need to do what it says. He said, that's the problem with you. Are you ready? Yes. And most of my people. They want information and revelation, but they don't want to obey the revelation when they get it. He said, there's no need for you to read the book. He said, you could almost preach this message yourself by hearing Dad Hagen preach it over the years and listening to his uh, recordings first I think they might have had CD tapes back then then CDs and then whatever recordings today that we have and then the book that came out Plants Purpose he said how many times have you done this how many times have you read this book how many times he said it's not going to happen for you just because you read the book he said it's going to happen because you apply the revelation to your life And he said, he went on as he started talking to me. 
He said, the reason that most of my people, and of course he's talking to me too, you know, so I'm not getting on nobody else, don't receive what they should receive is because they fail to act upon my word. He said, you go and you tell the people that they need to act upon what they already know. Quit seeking for another revelation. Quit seeking for another visitation. People have itching ears. There's nothing wrong with revelations. There's nothing wrong with visitations. We're not against those at all. He said, but the problem arises because people does not apply the word to their life. And if they do not apply the word to their life, they're not going to receive what they're supposed to receive. And so immediately he took me from there into faith. Turn to Mark chapter 11. I knew you couldn't wait for this. Verse number 12, that's where you wanted to go to. <clears throat> it says, and on the morrow, they were come from Bethany. He was hungry, Jesus was. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, the tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and his disciples heard it. Notice here, he came to the tree, because it had leaves on it, thinking that he might find some figs on that tree. Now, I didn't come up with this. I heard Dad Hagen say this on one of his old, old teachings. He said, in this area here, if the tree had leaves on it, this time of the year, that normally it would have figs, even though it wasn't the time of figs. If the tree did have leaves, it would have figs. And I know there's other analogies that people has given, but I leave that to the other folks that know that stuff, that it's the type of him saying something about Israel or something and Israel being the fig tree and, and that, that's, I haven't reached up that high yet. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, for your pastors to handle all that. So but anyway, he, the, he spoke to the fig tree. Isn't that right? Yes. And they heard him. In verse 20, it says, In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, said unto them, Have faith in God. Or the margin of my Bible says, this Bible right here, says, have the faith of God. That's what it literally should be translated. Don't mean we are God, that we should act in faith like God did. Verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. 
notice nothing happened until Jesus spoke. He could have walked right by that fig tree and nothing would have happened. Jesus said after that experience took place, in fact, can we go back to Genesis for just a minute? Chapter 1. Because he, he said, uh, have the faith of God. In words, act like God acted. And let's see what happened here. He said, Brother Randy, this is too elementary. I know. That's why people don't do it. <laughs> it is. This is what the Lord, I mean, you want a revelation from heaven. This is a revelation from heaven. It's hot off the wire, less than two weeks old. Same Bible, same scripture, less than two weeks old. He said, my people are not receiving because they're not acting on my word. But it says here in the beginning, in verse 1 of Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 2 says, the latter part of that verse says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The reason I want to point that out was the Spirit of God there. Had he done anything yet? That's what I want you to recognize. The Spirit of God was there. He moved upon the face of the waters. He was there, but he had not done any action. No action had taken place. And then verse 3, and it says, And God said, Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Isn't that what it says? But the Spirit of God was there, but he didn't act. He didn't do anything until the words were spoken. When God said, then things happened. So here in verse 3, it said, God said. Verse 6, it says, and God said. Verse 9, it says, and God said. Verse 11, it says, and God said. Verse 14, it says, and God said. Verse 20, it says, and God said. Do you see that? Verse 24, and it says, and God said. Verse 26 says, and God said. I've got a question for you. What have you said? God said. What have you said? We will have what we say. We will have what we say. Mark eleven twenty three. You're back there now. Remember? You're flipping through the book. Mark eleven twenty three. You will have what you say. What if you don't say anything? You're not going to have anything. What if you don't say anything, you're not going to have anything? What if you don't say anything, you're not going to have anything? Because Jesus said you can have what you say, not what you think about, not what you read about, not what you meditate on. Even all those are good. They have their place. But you still got to say it. You have 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 to discipline yourself to say it when you don't feel like saying it. Because you walk by faith and not by feelings and not by sight and not by what things look like. 
because the devil is going to make sure that nothing feels right, that nothing's looked right, and he's going to try to discourage you because what he wants you to do is shut your mouth. The devil wants you to keep your mouth closed. He don't want words coming out of your mouth because you're made in the image of God and God himself dwells inside of you and our God that spoke this world into existence lives in you and he's waiting for you to speak your world into existence. He's waiting on us. Jesus said, have the faith of God. That's what he said. In other words, act like God acted. We've seen what he did. The Spirit of God was there, but he didn't move. He didn't operate. He didn't create. Nothing took place till God said. Nothing's going to happen for you until you say something. You've got to say it. And again, this is revelation hot off the wire. So, Brother Randy, you didn't see a vision? Jesus didn't appear to you? Well, not this time. But it's a revelation because it came from the Lord. So he was talking to me about saying things, and I've been saying things because I had got slack in that area of my life too. Got to floating along, you know, not saying things. But if you don't say it, you won't see it. If you don't say it, you won't have it. Say what you want to see and it shall come to be. Say what you want to see, and it shall come to be. It'll come to pass. You've got to say it when the devil's yelling at you. You've got to say it when the tornado and the hurricane's blowing your way. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You've got to say it when all hell, and I'm not cursing, all hell is broke loose around you. You still got to say it. You got to say it. You got to say it. You got to say it. Just say it. Just keep saying 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 it. Keep saying it. And one day you're going to run right over it. I mean, it's going to run right over you or you're going to run right over it. It's going to take place and it's going to come to pass. The Lord stirred me up about this. Say it. He said, people are failing to act on my word. You know, you can get comfortable as a Christian. And of course, we want you to be comfortable. But we don't want you to be too comfortable so that you don't obey the word. It is the doers of the word that are blessed. Not the knowers of the word, but the doers of the word. The Lord said to me, Lord said, you don't need to read no more of this book. You need to get down and do what it says. And I just had to admit to him, you're right, Lord. I mean, I could preach that book. I mean, I could almost write the book myself. Not quite, you know, because I'd read it so much, heard the story so much, listened to the recording so much, trying to get something different, trying to make somebody else do something for me. (laughs) The Lord only is going to move after we move. He's not going to come back down here and do anything else. He's already done everything he's ever going to do in your behalf. And if you don't have your desires, it's because that you're not reaching out for them. And I'm trying to be kind. You know what I mean? I'm talking about this is the way he talked to me. And I'm going to talk to you exactly the way he talks to me. Because he roughs me up sometimes. (laughs) You know, Brother Hagin said the Lord hit him a low blow one time. Lord, you hit me a low blow. (laughs) 
He's talking about, he was in doubt and unbelief, you know. He said, you, Lord, you hit me a low blow. But he said, he's not going to come down here. We're sitting around here, well, why don't this happen? I wish that would happen. Boy, I really want that. Boy, I really desire that. How much do we desire it? Unless your desire drives you to action, it is not a biblical desire. It is human wishing. And I know y'all, I know y'all, I know y'all, I've done it myself. Y'all go by that wishing well and throw that penny in there. <laughs> We've all done it. You got any kids, you know, you give your kids money to throw in there. Ain't, you ain't going to hell for that, I don't guess, you know. <laughs> you know, we've all thrown money in the wishing well. Did anything ever come of it? Yes, you lost your money. <laughs> Desiring this desire, you know, that you got. If it, that desire doesn't drive you to action, I didn't think that up. That's what the Lord told me. If it doesn't drive you to action, it is not a biblical desire. It is just human wishing. That's all it is. You're wishing for something. You're wishing something would happen. You're hoping something would happen. And it's good to have a wish. It's good to have a dream. It's good to have hopes. I'm not just, you know, talking disparagingly about that. But until you act on what the Bible says in order to cause what you desire to come to pass, it's not going to happen. Jesus is not going to do anything else. And the church world as a whole is basically stalemated across the body of Christ because we haven't reached out for more. In every major move of God, you know, uh, Pastor Jeff is preaching to me today, you know. He'll preach at the drop of the hat. If you don't drop the hat, he'll drop it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we were talking about come, you know, moves of God and everything. But one of the things you can discover by, about moves of God is that somebody desired it to the point that it moved them to action that they prayed until God manifested himself. So we say that we want a move of God. Do we really? We are wishing for one. You know, that's what we're doing. We're wishing. But are we willing to have a desire that drives us to action? And that's how I got to praying along these lines because I, I got to saying I wanted to see more of God's spirit, not just in my ministry, but throughout the body of Christ. It seems like that we've come to a, a place that we see a sprinkling of, of miraculous, but nothing, I believe, like God wants to do. That's all to make sure I'm in that position. So he said here that you can have what you say. Isn't that right? Yes. Jesus said in, in verse 23, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, which say means what? Speak words from your mouth. To this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 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 I know you think the record stuck. Just whop the record player and the needle will jump. For those of you that was in that area, you know, remember how to whop the record player? But if you didn't watch it, you'd skip over a whole song, though. You remember? 
Yes. Y'all remember that? Yes. Remember those days? Yes. <laughs> you got to watch how you whopped it, you know, if it got stuck, the needle did. But uh, I'm not stuck like a record. <laughs> I'm impressed to do that. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing. He said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. But if you don't say it, you won't have it. If you don't say it, you won't have it. If you don't say it, you won't have it. Because he said he shall have whatsoever he saith. I remember Dad Hagen's story about being on a deathbed. You know, as a young boy, 15, 16 years old. And he had got a glimpse of Mark 11:23 and Mark 11:24 on his deathbed. In fact, the doctors had just basically told him, uh, was it Sinong, Sayong, or somebody like that? Doctor, somebody come in there and told him that uh, he said there's nothing that can be done. What? What? Why song? Yeah, some, some, it was some kind of name like that. And uh, but anyway. He said the doctor was just honest with him, you know, and said, you know, you've got so many things wrong with you. He said, there's no way you can live. He said, if you didn't have any of these other things, he said, just the incurable blood disease that you got, that alone will kill you. And nobody had ever survived or lived longer than about 16, 17 years old that had that particular disease. And they just didn't knew. I mean, medical science you know, was limited as what they could do. And I don't even know if they could really do a lot for him in that day. He said, but it was kind of like, you know, it was hopeless. He just put his lights out for days. He just lay there in the bed, you know, just waiting to die. But something inside of him, as a young boy, he was lying there in that bed. He got to thinking, I'm too young to die. I don't want to die. I really hadn't lived yet. Do I have to die? And he got to studying the Bible, what, what little he could. He was partially paralyzed, mostly paralyzed, but he could turn a page in the Bible. And he called his grandmama's Methodist Bible, you know. And, uh, of course, back in those days, they were shouting Methodists. You know, the Quakers got their name because they quaked and shook under the power. That's how they got their name. It wasn't from Quaker Oats. I don't know if you know it or not. It wasn't that. A lot of you thought, that, well, they come out of Quaker Oats. No, it wasn't it wouldn't a box. They used to quake and shake under the power. But he was laying there, and he, he, he wished, you know, he wished, and he hoped, and he dreamed that he could get up and he wouldn't have to die. And then as he got to seeking God, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, it drove him. He was driven to act on anything he could get a hold to. And he knew his only hope somehow was in the Bible. Nothing could do anything for him. So he got a hold to these verses. And he seen, What things shall you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, but you shall have them. And he said to himself, Does that mean healing? Can I believe God for healing? Because he had never heard anybody preach on that verse. You know, of course, a lot of people in that day, and of course, some even in our day, a lot of people in our day believes that those things have passed away. Miracles, signs, wonders, speaking in tongues, all that has passed away. So he was there on the bed. 
He didn't have nobody to, to come and tell him and teach him. In fact, there was one preacher that they finally did get to come, and he couldn't. He was going to ask him, can I believe this verse right here? But his mouth was partially paralyzed, and he couldn't form the words. And so in his efforts, you know, he was mostly making rah, 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 sounds like, you know, that the preacher couldn't understand what he's doing. So he said the preacher just took his hand, stay in the road, son, you know, the time is short or something like that. And that's what he said, and he left him. And, of course, the preacher, he, later on, Dad Higgins said, I'm glad that I didn't get an answer from the preacher because he would have put all the light out ahead because he didn't believe it. No way, you know. <laughs> I ain't going to say that. But anyway, he would have put my lights out for sure. But he got a hold of that verse. And then finally, he meditated on it so long, he said, Lord, he said, if this verse is true, he said, I'm coming up out of this bed. I'm getting up out of here. What's he doing? You can have what you say. He said, Lord, if this verse is true, I'm getting up out of this bed. If you go back and look at the story of David and Goliath, what did David do? Goliath said something, but David said something. Isn't that right? You can have what you say. David said what he was going to do before he done it, and he done it. Isn't that right? you got to say it. Jesus taught Brother Hagin that one time and, and showed him that in the Bible about how David said it too. And then you go back to the children of Israel, how they came up out of, the, uh, out of Egypt, and then they died in the wilderness because they said that they couldn't go in and possess the promised land. Joshua and Caleb said, we can go in, and they did. But the others didn't. All the rest of them, 20 years old and older, died in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb wound up going in. Isn't that right? So Dad Hagen said, I'm coming up off this deathbed if this is true. But still, even though he had said that, he didn't know how to act on it. So one day, he got to thinking about it, and he'd been saying. And he realized, I've got to believe that I received my healing. So he just started saying, by his stripes, I'm healed or something to that effect, you know. I believe that I'm healed. I believe that I'm healed. According to the word of God, I believe that I'm healed because he's seen in there that Jesus took our infirmities, bore our sickness and diseases, and he's partially paralyzed. I don't even think he could move his legs from his waist down. Remember that? Couldn't even move his legs at all. He says like chunks of wood, you know, couldn't feel in, no feeling, no nothing, you know, dead. I believe that I am healed. I believe that the healing power of God is flowing through me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I believe that I am healed. He would say that over and over and over and over and over and over. You can have what you say. 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 If you don't say it, you don't have it. If you don't say it, you don't have it. But you've got to act on it. So he said it, kept saying it. So one morning about 10 o'clock in the morning, the Spirit of God said to him, he said, you say that you're healed? You believe that you're healed? Yes, sir, I believe I'm healed. I'll let him cut my head off or said it ain't true. I believe that I'm healed. He said, well, what is healed people doing laying in the bed this time of day? Rise up and get out of there. So he said, yeah, I got to act on it. He's been saying it, now he's got to act on it. So he slid over the side of the bed, and he said he got one leg slid off, you know, off the side of the bed. I assume his left leg, I don't know. One of his legs, whatever side his bed is on. And then he kind of started sliding down the bed because this one of them high post bed, you remember like Granny used to have? In fact, we used to have one, I think, at one time in our home, back on back yonder. 
a high post bed. And so he slid down there and all the feelings gone out of his leg. He finally got the other one dangling. And then he grabbed the top of that bedpost because he had some strength in his upper body, you know. And he pulled himself up on that bedpost, you know, just dangling there. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I believe that I'm healed. The healing power of God's flowing through me. And he said, all of a sudden, it's like heaven opened and somebody dumped a, a bucket of warm honey over him. And the power of God went through him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He said, tingling sensations begin to come back to his legs, which means been, that was asleep and dead. They came to life again. He said, the next thing you know, he had his hands raised, walking around that bedroom, thinking, God that he was healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ by his stripes that I'm healed by his stripes that I'm healed by his stripes I am healed but he would have never got out of that bed unless he had acted on what the Bible says you got to say it he said it and then he done it now something else that I want to share with you that uh, in his latter years, he didn't share this, but it's way on back into some of his earlier messages, he, he shared it. He almost had a relapse of this particular diseases that he had, especially his heart condition. And, and you know, it was a small town, McKinney, Texas, and so uh, most people knew about his condition and ev everything, you know. And it was a talk of the town. People knew everybody, you know. And... Uh, and so he would, you know, he got up out of the bed and he would, you know, go downtown, you know, and he was only, I think he weighed 89 pounds, he said. And they, they called him a walking skeleton. He was still just as tall, you know, basically as he was in his latter life, but only weighed 89 pounds. Now, he made up for it in his latter years, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he could grab that scripture along with me at destruction and famine, and I could laugh because <laughs> he could have laughed, but he made up for it. But he said that this is what happened to him, and he almost relapsed. And that's why I want to share it with you, too, because it has to do with your mouth. Right. He'd be walking downtown, and people would see him and say, well, well, how you doing, Kenneth? You know, how you doing? I heard that you got up. You, uh, how you feeling? You feel all right? Yeah, I feel okay. You know, I feel good. You know, I feel all right. You know, and he so said, how's your heart doing? You know, because I know that that was the big critical thing. You know, his heart was about to give out. If you're still having heart problems, you're still having heart trouble. Well, yeah, I'm still having heart trouble, you know. And the more they ask him and the more he confessed that the trouble he's had and the problems he was having since he got out of the bed, he said he would get so weak that he couldn't hardly walk. And most of the people that was around there knew him and they would get him and put him in a car and take him home because he couldn't even walk back home from where he come. And so he'd get enough strength and he'd come back again and somebody would ask him, he'd make them negative confessions again. And then he finally realized that he was more in the bed than he was out of the bed. After he had been healed, he was going back to the bed. And he said, I'm fixing to become bedfast again. He said to himself, where am I missing it? Something's wrong. Nobody was there to teach him about faith. You didn't have your good pastors there to teach you what to do teach him what to do but he said where am I missing it at where am I missing it and then he began to think about it he said every time that he would people would ask him how's your heart condition and how he was doing and how did he feel 
He said he almost had to bite his tongue to keep from saying it because these words wanted to come out. I'm fine, thank you. By his stripes, I'm healed. You know, it says in the Bible that I can have what I say. And I say that I'm healed, and I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. He realized that's where I'm missing it. That's where I'm missing it. So he got the strength back up, and he went back that town. He couldn't wait for somebody to come ask him how he's doing because they're going to come. 89-pound skeleton, everybody's going to ask him. They come up, and they start to ask him, how you doing? How you doing? How you feel today, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm healed. Everything's fine. You know, I'm healed by the stripes. How's your heart doing? Well, Jesus said by his stripes, I'm healed, you know. And he'd go on and explain it. Then he'd go to the next one. He said that particular day, he run into three people. And so he learned each time, you know, something different to do because they was always wanting to get his feelings out there and how bad off he was and how bad it was for him. And, and he realized if I get back that way again, so finally he got to the third one that come by and asked him, you know, how you feel today, Kenneth? You know, how's your heart doing and all that stuff? He said they when they asked him how he felt, he said he told him, by his stripes, I'm healed. You know, Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. He said before, he wouldn't stop to let them get in edgewise. What's wrong with your heart? He said, you know, it says in there, what things have you desire in the Bible? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He said, I believe that I have received and by his stripes, I have been healed. Glory to God. He said, I just get the feeling better just talking to you. I'm telling you the truth about it. I feel good. Now, Kenneth, you better watch it now. You better watch it now you better be careful now doing that and saying that you know all that they say some of that has passed away you know what you're saying right there uh, you better be careful he said how more careful can you be than believing the word of God he said I'm believing what the Bible says is it wrong for me to believe what Jesus said well I don't know now you know you know what the preacher said I don't know now I don't know if you ought to be doing this or not you know he just to make his confession and he walked straight out of that, and he lived on. He was in his 87th year. He had already had his 86th birthday. He was in his 87th year, and he went to heaven. That's when he went. He lived all those years supernaturally by the words that he said from his mouth. He would have never had it unless he would have said it. I won't have it unless I say it. You won't have it unless you say it. Is there a canopy of evil over our nation? Certainly there is. There's no denying that whatsoever. Should we get discouraged and depressed? Absolutely not. Can we enjoy God's best while all this is going on? Absolutely we can. But if you get to talk in the world's talk, walk in the world's way, getting into the world's fear, getting into doubt and unbelief, the devil's going to take you out just like he does the rest of them. But if you'll get in faith and start declaring what you want to see, it shall come to be. Jesus told me the reason people in the church are not having what they desire is because that their desire has not moved them to action. There's more to it than just wishing for it or hoping for it or dreaming about it. We've got to act on it. You can supernaturally receive from God and believe God starting this very day. Begin to direct your paths with the words that you say out of your mouth. Decide what you want based on the scriptures and start declaring that out of your mouth. Start claiming that out of your mouth. Start saying that out of your mouth. 
Now, you can sit around. Now, God does move in miraculous ways. We don't, do know that he moves by the gifts of the Spirit. The man with the, at the pool of Bethesda was supernaturally healed without an ounce of faith. Jesus walked up and said to the man, without being made whole. He didn't even know who Jesus was. When the man responded, the man on the pallet said to Jesus, I don't have no man to put me in the pool when, when the water's troubled. So he's looking at it totally natural. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked off. That was a supernatural miracle of God. But what I want to point out, out of all those people that was laying around that pool, only one man received that kind of miracle. Only one. One. Jesus left the rest of them there just like they were. He was only anointed to minister to that one man. So God can move that way. And there's a lot of people that's waiting for that to happen when you don't have to wait. Thank God if it does happen. But you don't have to wait. You can go after it, and I believe it will come to pass a lot sooner than you think it will. Don't give up. Don't give in. When you start out on this path, don't let the devil talk you out of it. You go forward in the name of the Lord Jesus. You believe God in the name of Jesus. I could just tell you my own personal stories, story after story after story. I may get into some of them later. But I do know this. If you want a fresh word from God, God said that his people are not acting upon his word. And that's why they're not receiving. That's what God is trying to endeavor to get us to do. If we want to know God's will, we got to pray and seek God for his will. Not just talk about it, not just wonder about it, not just wish about it. We've got to go after it with everything that within us and we can have the supernatural will of God take place in our life. And this is our day, this is our time, and this is our hour. What about you? You're going for it. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. I know you were blessed by this message. If you would like to receive more information about Randall Greer Ministries, or if you'd like to receive our free newsletter, just let us know. We'd be happy to send it to you. Just write us at Randall Greer Ministries, P.O. Box 2227, Owasso, Oklahoma 74055. Or you can contact us at our website, www.rgm.me. And remember, God is always with us.